I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane. I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh, my God, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And, And Vince is yelling at me. God damn it, do it harder, make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. We need to talk about the big death of the week. Of course, that is Alto Reed from Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Mm-hmm. Fantastic saxophone player. What was your favorite Alto Reed solo? And don't say turn the page. Uh, uh, I don't know. Correct answer, old time rock and roll. Thank you for playing. See, I just blocked that song out of my head. I don't want like to. That song got so overplayed, man. Uh, I just. But. It, but when it came out, it was the shit. Don't it's cool because I was, and I, I this is how this is how gay I am for this band. This is like one of the first concerts my mom ever took me to at the Asheville Civic Center. Oh, yeah. You told me. And it was like when I was like nine or 10 because we were looking up, the, I was looking up the shit for the posters for the Asheville Civic Center for that concert. And um, the tickets were like $8.50 back then, which translates to like 26 and a half bucks today. So you can see how the inflation of concert tickets has kept right in step with the inflation of everything else over the years. But I, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so gay for this band and I've, it's good to spend a little time away from them. Then you go back, you realize many songs are really awesome because I worked for a radio station that pounded that shit into the ground where you didn't even want to hear it, even though I was a huge fan. Yeah. I called up a uh, Detroit radio station, WCSX the next day. Cause they were playing like Bob Seger music and stuff all morning long. And they had, band members in remembering alto reed and i talked to this guy named big jim and uh i was on the air and i requested the bo diddley medley from live bullet sweet because i just alto just kills it in that and everybody talks about turn the page which turn the page legitimately is one of the most iconic saxophone solos in rock and roll. oh my god yeah i mean right up there you can talk about born to run you can talk about any of those great sax solos from the 50s and 60s rock and roll whatever that one is 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 up there with any of them because when that thing hits you know what you're hearing you, you oh know. it's the first thing you hear it's and it's amazing and there was like so so I, I was on with Big Jim and the other thing that I learned I promise I'm going to stop boring you people we'll get on to the controversy of the day in just a moment but let me just get this out and get my rocks off please will you damn it um I I love the Bo Diddley medley but I was listening they they said that Bob Seger heard him warming up and he did the opening strains of Main Street uh, Alto Reed did next door and Seger's hearing it against the wall and he goes oh, shit, that's what the song should have been. It shouldn't have been a guitar solo at the beginning. It should have been that. That's what we're going to do in concert the whole time. So every time they would do it in concert, it was always him opening with that sax solo instead of the guitar part. Doing Damn, that. I bet that yeah. would have been sweet, yeah. So that I was never saw it, so I never, I never experienced that. So I saw Bob Seger three times, and two of, them, two of them were with my mom. So I, I, that's like that's like the coolest thing. That is cool. Wrestling, you know, you have this bond because it's maybe something you did with your dad or something like that. And mm-hmm. people have that, in the, particularly in the Midwest with baseball, like the St. Louis Cardinals and the Cincinnati Reds and shit. You went to games with your dad, and that was something. That's why you love baseball because you have that bond with your dad and stuff. Yep. That's something my mom and I had together. And that that was like I, I thought that was pretty cool, and it was sad. Yeah, that's, that out. is cool. Twice. Yeah, absolutely, and many years apart. Like, uh, God, twenty some odd years apart. Oh, God, man. Maybe, maybe 30 years apart. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a young man, <laughs> and she's not a young woman. So they're, they're, that's how that worked out. But still. 
Um, so, uh, the, of course, the, the controversy over the past week, and we kept our powder dry mostly about this, is um, the people's reaction to Bruce Mitchell's piece that we talked about last week on our podcast about the death of Brody Lee and the questions that Bruce brought up, which ultimately led to his dismissal from the, the pro wrestling torch. And we can talk about that, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, first of all, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, you have to say – it's it's like the greatest tribute show in the history of, of television, I think. My God. Yeah, it was great, man. It was it was awesome. That's that's how a tribute show should be. Yeah, I think for all the criticism we give of Tony Khan for being a fanboy and all that stuff, his perspective as a fan gave him such unique insight to do something that was so special with that show that the WWE simply can't do. And there was so much heart in that. And even, you know, I heard some people were like, Jeez, I don't know about MJF healing on Brody Jr. I don't know if that's a that's it a paid off. It did, and I knew it was going to. And like the the amazing thing is, you can't imagine anybody besides MJF, and with the, maybe Chris Jericho. He could have he could have pulled that off, but there's no heel in the WWE who would have been able to pull that off and made it pay off. Like if Baron Corbin does some shit like that, it is so stale and it doesn't work and it's awful and he just looks like a mean piece of shit, right? Yeah, but yeah. I, 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 MJF pulls that off and that whole exchange with Brody Jr. And I can tell you, you can question it and go, ah, it's too soon, whatever. For those three or four minutes, you know what that kid wasn't thinking about? He was not thinking my dad's dead for those three yeah. or four minutes. And I think that's 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 just so remarkable. Yeah. Everything that they did was, was spot on. The interviews were amazing. They were touching. They kept the memory of, of Brody alive. They I, I didn't feel like they exploited his family. I felt like it was no. a healing process for his family. Retiring that TNT belt as it was was amazing. And my God, that was that was amazing. That really was a tremendous job that those guys did. And I'm so happy that they did it and did it the right way. So yeah. I, they, they deserve a, a lot of credit for all of that. Totally, totally. Um, did you happen to see the the? I guess it was after the show went off the air. They put it on YouTube. Uh, the little. That was like five minutes worth of just a little extra, you know, once the show went off and yeah. it showed, I don't know, I guess you didn't see it, but um, it showed like Tony going and, and hugging uh, Brody Jr. And he was, Tony, TK was crying. I mean, he yeah. was just bawling. And then Cody was still in the ring and, and 10 was still in the ring. And it was just, the whole thing was just, it was just great. It was it, that, that extra five minutes that they showed on YouTube. It was, it was just added to the everything else. It really did. And he, they, you know, Tony Khan put out that statement saying that he had bought the rights to Old 55 by Tom Waits so that they could have that tribute video forever, which is like, if you're a rich guy, just do cool shit. That's that's the cool shit you do. That's the cool shit. Didn't we talk about that last week? With, or, yes. Yeah, we talked about that. that. That's the cool shit that you do. So Tony Khan deserves 100% credit for all of the snide remarks and the Richie Rich stuff. I mean, he, he nailed this. There's just no way it could have been any better. There's just, I, I don't see any way. That it, it couldn't have been any better. It, 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 everything that they did was spot on. It hit the right notes. And it's going to be something that the family can can go back to, have it recorded, have it on a DVD or whatever. And they can look at that anytime they want to. And it's going to bring them some comfort. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think that's amazing. Um, and I will let me say this one while it's on my mind that when I was watching SmackDown, I don't know if you noticed, but. Some the other people might have had it on too, but I noticed that Daniel Bryan and Cesaro both had Brody armbands on. Yeah, and that was I, cool. That I guess that Vince let them put Brody on there instead of Luke Harper, you know, or some, you know. They, and I guess Vince let Eric come to Dynamite, right? I guess. Yeah, that was, yeah, the, yeah. That was um, 
Well, I don't think no, no. He was been he was let go. Remember he was let go. Was, okay, yeah, that he was in that flurry of people that got cut a few months. I was giving ago. I was giving you too much credit then. No, that's good. But, well, yeah, yeah. Let's not go too far here. But that was yeah, the, that was that was cool in itself though that, that Eric was there. He was, and then he had the the towel that said "In our hearts forever" and all that stuff. And it was you know that was that was very emotional, and it all it all made sense, and it was all really good. And Moxley's tribute was amazing. Eddie Kingston continues to impress with his promos and stuff, and he hit all the right notes in this. So I mean, I was. All of that is spot on, and AEW deserves 100% credit for all of that. Now, we can get into some of the controversy, <laughs> which has been – Was there uh, controversy? There's controversy. When you when you lose your job after 30 years, uh, yeah, there's going to be a bit of controversy. Okay. I still, uh, Go ahead. I, I, just, I still I, believe, I, and I will still stand behind what Bruce wrote last week, and I think the questions were legitimate. I don't think it was disrespectful to his family. I'm very sorry that his wife – uh, was hurt by this. Um, I understand her concerns and, and I get it. And I listen, I don't necessarily agree with her. She's going through a grieving process that she never thought she would have to go through, frankly. So I, I get it, but I still think that the questions that Bruce brought up were legitimate. And I would stand by, he has said he stands by every word that he wrote in that column. And um, eventually Wade uh, ended up severing his relationship with Bruce. I'm I'm very disappointed in Wade. I'll talk about that more in a minute, but go ahead with your initial thoughts. No, that's what I was going to say too, but I'll, I'll just wait and follow up what you say about, about well, Wade too. I was just going, I was just going to lash out, but it was, just, it was, it's been sitting right here in my throat for like a week or so. I, I mean, I, and I know Wade has a story to tell and Wade has a platform to tell that story if he wants to tell it. Sure. That's fine. I don't sure. want to personally attack Wade. I don't know Wade. I've, I've talked to Wade a few times and my interactions with him have been really good. And I have a lot of respect for what he's done in the business. I think he's, he, you know, he's pulled himself up by his own bootstraps and all, all of those things. Um, it's disappointing to me that he would sever the relationship over this and listen to the mob over all this when, at a time when Bruce needs support, particularly knowing the roads that those guys have been down in many cases after they've been uh, under attack by uh, Jim Cornette and fans of Jim Cornette, fans of Bruce Pritchard, fans of ECW. I mean, I, I'm fairly sure that there were death threats, obviously not just from Jim Cornette himself against the two of them. And I thought that that would have bonded the two of them together. But Wade decided to make the decision that he made. Again, I'm, I'm disappointed because that's at a time when Bruce needs support. That's not the most I don't I don't know if it's the most controversial thing that Bruce has ever printed. Um, Thank you. There was. A decision that was made by Bruce to publish it without going through an editing process and running it past Wade. I that can't be I, the only time he's done that, though. I'm I, not would, I, I believe that Bruce, I don't think, has been given carte blanche, but I believe he has been given or was given certain rights and access to publish things as he saw fit because his judgment over the past 30 years was pretty good. Um, so. He can speak to that on his own platforms. I've told Bruce, I, I, there are certain things that I know about behind the scenes that I'm not going to talk about. That's Bruce's story to tell. And I told him what I think he should do with that story is that I think he should take that to ad free shows because Conrad has given him a platform. And I'll tell you a little bit about what kind of a guy Conrad Thompson is uh, in just a little bit, even though Conrad may not particularly like this, but I, it, I, I believe that that story should go to ad free shows and that's where Bruce should tell it. And he should tell all of it because that is something that is a, is something that people are interested in. Um, it should be sold. It should not be told. So that that's how I feel about that. And that's how his platform is. Now, Bruce has taken another uh, stance on it, um, and he's not talking a lot about it right now. Maybe at some point that he, he will. I certainly hope he will address it. But I, I believe that ad-free shows is is the place to do that. Um, 
there's any number of, of things that I know over a period of time that he has told me about things that go on behind the scenes at the torch and how his relationship with Wade has evolved over the years. Again, that's his story to tell, and he can tell that in any way that he wants to. Again, that's Bruce's story, and he can tell you there's there are certain people that are very upset with him, and there's some people who I think have what I call legitimate reasons to be upset with him. I think the Sean Ross, uh, whatever that guy's name is, Sean Ross Sapp, uh, was very upset, and, and he, I think Bruce encouraged him to DM him to talk about it. And I, I don't know if a lot of those people have all of the facts, and maybe if they do have all the facts, they're still going to be pissed off at him. That's fine. Some of this is just people grinding an axe with Bruce because he said this about Vince Russo in 1999, or he said this about Bruce Pritchard, or Jim Cornette told me I should be pissed off at Bruce Mitchell because he's a piece of shit, or this, that, or the ECW fans remember him from trying to fuck up ECW in 1998, or something. Some of that is is coming through in this, and they feel like they've got blood in the water, and they just want to attack this guy. And for that, I can't really – there's not much I can do about that. That's fine. I and that's my disappointment in Wade is that he gave in to that segment of the population or the fandom population, the PW Torch universe, if you will. But I also think that it sets a pretty dangerous precedent that the next time that you're somebody who works for the torch and you have a controversial take about something that may be a bit against the grain or a bit salty or have a little spice on it, a little stank on it, whether it's in a podcast form or whether it's in a column then people can go, he should be fired because you fired Bruce Mitchell for less than that. That is, that, that's partially my concern. Go ahead, go ahead with yeah. your thoughts on it. Well, I mean, I agree with, with, with everything you said there. Um, <clears throat> but I, I do want to add that, that I am curious to know how many subscriptions were pulled you know, or, or deleted because of this. And, and if that was the main reason, I can't believe that is, and this was controversial. I, I'm not taking that away from it, right. anything about this. It was controversial, but it wasn't to the point to, that he gets fired after 30 years. Yeah. I mean, if he was some newbie that just signed on with, with the torch and been there for a, less than a year or a year or so, then it might make a little more sense, but I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, maybe there's something I don't know that I missed on this, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm just wondering if, if money, when it come down to it, had to do with it more than anything. And, and Wade's like, man, I can't have you you know, taking my subscriptions away, you know, because people are dropping their accounts because of what you said. And then I can't I believe it would have been that many. I mean, really? And then how many subscriptions, I mean, how many you know, subscriptions is Wade going to lose because he fired Bruce? And that's not going to well, be an overnight thing. That's going to be a, a little bit of attrition. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, it's hard to say Bruce Mitchell made that publication or made that website. But yeah, I mean, I think there's an argument that can be made for that. When, when he was... When he was started that column, there really wasn't a column like that that was making the kind of impact that that thing did back in the 90s. Mm-mm. And he set a template for and any number of people followed with the kind of takes that he would, would present. I mean, there were certainly dirt sheet writers that had opinions and stuff. But for an actual piece and like, did you read the Bruce Mitchell column? That, that became a thing in pro wrestling mm-hmm. for many, many years. And he made the Finkel report many, many times. So... I think all of that should certainly have been taken into consideration. But again, you know, it's Wade's business and Wade can do exactly right. what he wants to. But again, I, I think you set a pretty dangerous precedent that if something goes sideways or you have an unpopular take, then, you know, um, off with your scalp. 
Well, the other thing I was going to say, too, about it is it, it surprises me in the fact that that Wade is such a pro- proponent of, of mask wearing and the mm-hmm. whole COVID thing. You know, I mean, he's he's kind of like you and I, it seems mm-hmm. like, from what I've understood, you know, listening to I haven't listened. Like I said, I think last week I really had listened to him and few months or a couple of months or so, but I did listen to him while the COVID thing was going on and, and, and everything and in, in the beginning. And he, he, you know, he, he's not a COVID denier. He's yeah. not, you know, he's so that part is like, you would think that part of him who understands what, what's going on with COVID he would get what Bruce was talking about, you know? It seems like it. And, I, again, I don't but, see that as being disrespectful or injurious to the family. Other people are going to think differently, and, and that's mine. And, but, you know, I think to me, man, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the bottom line on this is if there wasn't a pandemic going on right now, that column would not have been written. I mean, I, I, well, that's – Sure. No, I think I, I mean, I, I know it's obvious, but the point is he wrote this column because of what's going on, not because he's trying to call his wife a liar. He's not trying to expose. He's not trying to be the National Enquirer and and, and try to you dig in and, and get dirt on shit. He's just he's the re, I don't know. It just bothers me that people can't see the forest for the trees on this shit. If, if there's a and if somebody wants to criticize Bruce for the column, that may be part of, of the problem is that he let Bruce let some of his frustration with the people who are the deniers and the people who will not take the thing seriously kind of spill out into that particular column. I'm not saying that that's my take, but some people could say that. Right. Right. I, I, but I think, again, it's all it's all legitimate to me. Oh, no. um, and no. if you if you want to be upset about violating the family's privacy, go listen to that J.R. podcast this week. I learned far more about what was going on from Jr. And I don't know if these were details the family necessarily wanted released, but he said Brody basically had double lung failure. He was at the Mayo Clinic and he was breathing with machines and they took him off the machines to see if he could do it on his own. And then he couldn't. And I don't know if the family wanted that out there. I don't know if that's something that they necessarily wanted to, but I, I haven't seen the pitchforks raised for Jr. How dare you violate the family's policy or their privacy? Oh, my God, they're trying to grieve. How dare you put those details? I haven't I haven't seen that. Yeah, I, yeah it, it's just odd. I don't know, man. It's really just it's odd. It's it just odd all the way around. But it's been a, it's been a very strange week to think that that's not going to be, you know, there's going to be upcoming issues of the pro wrestling torch that are not going to have any input from Bruce Mitchell. That just blows my mind. You know, that, that he's not going to be a part of that publication. It just it just it kills me because that to me, his his takes were always the best. They were always the most studied. His knowledge of history, his knowledge of, of all all the perspective, all the context, all that stuff was the, the best thing about that publication to me. And I think to a lot of subscribers. And without that, I don't take away from any anybody else who, who writes or does content for that that website because they're all they're all really good but i think bruce was the very best and he kind of set a template for what he did yeah so i'm not sure there's going to be there there needs i don't know if wade really thought this through there's going to have to be a complete rethinking of what the pro wrestling torch brand is now and i don't know if he's ready to to tackle that well i guarantee you at some point it may have already happened he's going to go he's going to have something on his mind you know some something that he's going to wants to talk about and he's going to say god i wish bruce was here to exactly. about you know so to you yeah. on that um so i know that there's probably been a lot of 
pressure on Conrad to dump Bruce from the oh, uh, sure. shows. And, uh, but Conrad is hanging tough. And I checked in with Bruce and he said, well, how's, you know, you still okay with Conrad? And he goes, yeah, Conrad just called me to check in on me, see if I was okay. And I'm like, Jesus, what, a, what a mensch, what a good guy that guy is. That you is know, a good guy. Well, I mean, doing, he's doing 50 shows a week. He's making buku bucks with the mortgage thing. He's got a marriage, of course. He may be going away on some kind of vacation or something for Christmas and, and you know, it's the holidays. He still has time to call him for Bruce to check in and see how he is. I think that's amazing. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, though, Conrad really shouldn't say a whole lot anyway. I mean, he's, he he digs into the controversy as much as anybody. So, you know, he does. And I, but again, I'm sure that and I don't know, you know, Conrad has always enjoyed a lot of a good relationship with AEW. And, um, you know, he's been to some of those events and he kind of helped host that one event that was yeah, yeah, when it first stuff. started up. Yeah. So I don't know if this is going to affect that or if this is going to leave a scar or whatever on that. But I think it's great that he's still sticking by him. And I, I still feel very strongly that the place to tell this story for Bruce is going to be on ad-free shows. And it should be a CM Punk style three hour. This is what happened. This is what you guys don't know. This is what led up to this. And this is the aftermath of it. And this is how I feel about it. I mean, I, th- I think it should be a, a real bloodletting. And I think that's. That's the kind of platform that Conrad has set up for this. And I think that's what Bruce should take advantage of. Now, he's not agreeing with me on that right now. That's fine. Again, it's Bruce's story to tell. But I think eventually that's where this entire thing ends up. And I think it's it's better to tell the story now than a year from now. In my yeah, opinion. because things get swept under the rug or forgotten about and that sort of thing. So you want to do it while it's, everything's still kind of fresh on the mind and stuff. But don't you, don't you feel like that's part of the deal? Is that there are just a number of people that just have the knives out for Bruce because of something that happened 20, something that he wrote 23, 24 years ago or something. Oh, that's exactly what I, man, when I was reading all those comments on, on Twitter the other day, when, when everything, when he put that out and, and everything, I, that's exactly what was going through my mind. I'm like, these half these more than half of these people are like Russo boys or exactly, like said, you know, ECW holdouts that, you know, still have revenge on their mind from 30 years ago, or, you know, it's those people. That's exactly who I thought it was. And there might've been a handful of, 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 you know, people that were commenting that had no dog in the fight per se, but I, that's exactly my thoughts. I, I, people just already didn't like him anyway. And they they just use this to bludgeon him with. I mean, yeah. if you take your if you take your orders from your marching orders from Vince Russo, is that sadder than taking your marching orders from Donald Trump? It actually may be. <laughs> it actually may, yeah. may be. <laughs> Although I will say this, I think Vince Russo mostly has made his money in the wrestling business legitimately. Donald Trump's just ripped people off, right, <clears throat> and given them nothing with stupid ass wine and Trump University and all this shit. Yeah, Trump steaks. Don't forget about that. The delicious Trump steaks. Mm, Yum, 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 yum. At least Vince Russo made money off of giving people a product or doing some work for them. It may have been a shitty product. They may have destroyed a couple of of companies. But what the hell? Yeah, exactly. He he was still legitimately putting money out there and getting paid by somebody to do something. What was the the story that I heard this week about Impact? God, who... Who was t- I can't even remember who was telling this story, but Dixie was at something. I guess it was in Orlando. The WWE was in town, and Dixie was at the bar afterwards, and there were some WWE guys, and she went back to somebody afterwards, and she goes, hey, guess who I met last night? And I go, who? And he goes, 
It's that WWE guy, Benjamin Shelton. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I not shocked? That's the truth. God, I can't even remember who's who's telling that story, but it was so funny. Mm. Oh, good stuff. So yeah, I I I'm you know I think we're 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 the ones that are going to be poorer for all this because we're not going to be able to see Bruce's content like we did. But you know, Conrad's got him on daily, and he'll find a way to self-publish or do something. Um, and oh, he'll be okay. It's just the torch is going to be the, the torch is going to be diminished for that content not being there. I don't care what anybody says. People oh, can just yes, say he he crossed the line and fuck him, and I don't give a shit. But you know, all all that shit. Once everything dies down and gets back to normal. And you realize that, you know, it wasn't – Bruce did not inflict injury to this family, not intentionally. And that, you know, once you get back to it and living your everyday life, you're going to be like, oh, geez. The Bruce Mitchell column would have been pretty good to read this week. And I know – and there's also, you know, there's also an element of this, like, these people who rail against social justice warriors, and they didn't like some of the stuff that, that Bruce would write about Black Lives Matter and stuff in his column and about the the New Day stuff with the Little Black Sambo. Remember that column? Yeah. There's a, those people who, who bitch about that stuff. These are the people who bitch about all the Karens out there in the world. And yes. the cancel culture, and, and they turned into Karen, and they became the cancel culture. They, they embraced it this week. It's amazing, man. <laughs> it is. It's weird, isn't it? It's so strange that you guys were bitching so much about Karen, and yet you became a Karen. Yeah, I was reading this one dude that was during those comments, or in those comments um, on Twitter last week, and this one dude just kept writing. I think, well, from what I remember, I think he was an African American, and he was, you know, taking Bruce to town on that whole. Uh, he mentioned that Black Sambo uh, column and all that stuff, and he was like bashing Bruce for it. You know, saying, I don't know. I couldn't figure out why. He just, he was the one that was salty. Not me, but, you know. Because <laughs> it says it on just, the screen. It's like, it didn't make any sense. It says on the screen here, it says salty boy. People, if you're listening to this podcast, you won't need But it says salty boy. That's Brian's Chiron. Today. Yeah, that's me today. This was, um. Some news from The Observer. During a backstage interview on SmackDown, Big E paid tribute to John Hubbard by mentioning Rochester, the names Amanda and Nolan, Hubbard's wife and one of his sons, and Toronto Maple Leafs, that's Hubbard's favorite hockey team. Big E also wore a Brody armband and used a gator roll in Hubbard's yeah, yeah, yeah catchphrase last night. Big E was wearing a Bludgeon Brothers shirt during a segment where Sonya Deville was shown walking backstage and making her return. How happy are you to see Sonya Deville back? I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. she's doing okay and back Hot doing what as she's ever, doing. right? God Almighty, man! Holy yes. shit! Yeah. That girl. Oh, I'm telling you that the absolute smoking charisma that that woman has. Well, she's not the hottest woman they've ever had there. She's not even the hottest woman on the roster. But when she walks in, she has a look, and you pay attention. Yeah, and they did, and, and I they did. did. Everybody did, and it's great to see her back. And I'm glad she's overcome the bullshit. I think we can all agree on that. The, yes, the haters yes, and yes. stuff. Do you have a thought on who you think is the wrestler of the year for 2020? Mm. Overall, yeah, all the promotions. Ooh. I hadn't really given any given it any thought, but uh, off the top of my head, oh boy. Um, 
I don't. I, I, I honestly, man, I don't know if there's really. Do you think there's any clear cut person? Think, to me, one name came to mind immediately, and I'll accept other answers for this. But I thought Chris Jericho was the guy. I thought about it when I was running names through my head just now. I, that was one of the names that went through my head. I was I was thinking Moxley, him, Reigns. Yeah. If you um, if you go and you look at what he's meant to that promotion and what they've been able to do, what they were able to do in 2020, as far as establishing themselves. Nailing that demographic, I don't know that there's been a more important signing for Tony Khan since he started that company than than uh, Chris Jericho. If you if you're going on just complete overall um, body of work, and mm-hmm. that includes that includes like behind the scenes stuff and what you're talking about helping right. with the with the promotion, yes. I don't. I think that that makes it clear cut. I, I think when I first was was thinking, I was thinking of just in ring stuff, you know. But right. if you're talking everything, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's head that Chris Jericho should be right up there. And I think maybe if, if you want to, I think John Moxley has to be in the discussion. Yeah, absolutely, him too. Um, I think he's. You know, he had a tremendous year. I think in terms of his promo and in terms of in ring work and in terms of being a champion. My God, I think he's done a tremendous job for AEW, and he's done essentially everything that he said he was going to do coming out of uh, WWE, right? Basically, not, yeah. I mean, he's, well, he's well, been that I just guy. thought of another name too, but I mean, he doesn't it doesn't go into the Jericho level of of influence in the company sort of thing. But as far as in ring work and and um, stature and uh, a nice comeback career comeback if you will is drew mcintyre oh yeah huge year for him and it's so unfortunate you know i i think if if there's a live wrestlemania with a hundred thousand people in a stadium i think drew mcintyre probably gets the vote as the guy of the year but wrestlemania was such an understated event at least by you know their their standards and he didn't get his massive huge uh wrestlemania moment i think he probably will but yeah he had a He's the, he's the comeback kid of the year for sure, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if anybody is, you know, that's even had a close comeback like him. No, he's he's tremendous and he's having a good year. And, you know, honestly, we as much as we dog Roman Reigns, you, you put the name out there. He has to be in consideration, and it was a great comeback for him. Who would have thought when he pulled out of WrestleMania that in, you know, December and January we'd still be talking about Roman Reigns and what a huge year that he had. He had a great year. I mean, he really did. This was the this was the best year that he's ever had in world wrestling entertainment. I think he's launched himself and, and put himself on a on a good path for twenty twenty one. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was watching SmackDown right before we started taping, uh, doing this. I guess recording this taping. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, and I was and I was watching the whole just everything he did in that show. The the promos, the beginning of the show, just the match with Uso and and, and Owens. He, dude, it's, I can't, and I, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I just, it just blows my mind how much he has changed as far as the, the outlook I have on him right now. Mm-hmm. As far as, God, he's such a good heel. He is. God almighty, he is, he gets better every week. He and really does. Truthfully, he didn't need Paul Heyman. No. But I'm not saying that Paul Heyman hasn't made it better. Oh, it's helped. I mean, well, I, it's helped, but I think it would have been just fine without it. It, it would have. Been, it, you're able to get to a certain level a lot easier and quicker with Paul Heyman there as your mouthpiece. Oh and, yeah. 
But you don't. He doesn't even talk hardly anymore. Heyman does. He no, just but it stands around like a well, he's like a lackey. You know that he's he, when he's there. There's a certain thing that's going to happen, and it's going to be bad. And that's Paul Heyman. There he yeah. is. He's the bad yeah. guy. There yeah. he is, and he's representing a bad guy. And boom, there you are. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's the Paul Heyman role in this, and it's been it's been spectacular. Who do you think was disappointing in 2020? Uh, let me throw out a couple. I got one names. name that came immediately to my mind. Well, you go first then. I, I would say Seth Rollins. I was going to say that as well, and I don't know if it's even really his fault. I just think. It's, oh no, 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 no! Really I didn't, book. Just, yeah, no, I didn't. I wouldn't. Have, I'm not saying it that way. I just think just the booking. You know, yeah. the whole. I just think that whole. I don't know. I'm just not into that gimmick he's got right now. Um, it seems to be nowheresville. Yeah. It seems to be, and I, I would put out another name for 2020 for a guy who was disappointing was Daniel Bryan. Well, I don't think yeah. he was used worth a shit by that company. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, he was not there for a while. He was kind of like Reigns. He, you know, when the he, pandemic not hit, there. he, he, he then we came out like the let like the TLC pay per view. He's in that six man match that that's not even on the pay per view. He's in the pregame. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that thing with Drew Gulak that he did that was eh, at best. You know, and I yeah. thought he was great. I, I'll I'll throw another name out there for another promotion. I think Kenny Omega had a pretty disappointing 2020 overall. Overall, yeah, yeah. up until I don't, I don't, like November, maybe. I think, yeah, I think he was he was nothing and nada, and he was completely underperforming until very late in the year. And I still think that they're still trying to recover from the bad 2020 that he had. Um, yeah, well, I'll, it, I'll continue to say all day that there's too much Don Callis in that shit right now. Yeah, <laughs> not, it just seems to be, man. There's like at least 30% too much Don Callis in that angle. Well, you know, and another thing about SmackDown, kind of jumping away just a second. Um, I, 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 I don't know if you call this disappointing because they, these two have been kind of disappointing for a while. And again, it's no through no fault of their own, but Rude and Ziggler, you know, I, I can't take those dudes seriously now. Nah, that's tough. And and those and and they're so good, man. They're so good. And if they were used like they they should have been used, they would that would be a hot tag team, I think. But it's like really now ever since this, I don't know. It just you're taking a lot of steam from them. And again, we don't know what's going on with Miz and Morrison. I mean, at some point, I guess they break those guys up and they turn Miz babyface, which I think would be the ultimate plan. But those guys seem to be kind of stuck in the mud too. Pretty yeah, much every, everything on everything that's not Jey Uso and Roman Reigns is stuck in the mud right now. In WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yes, including to an extent the women's division. Now they've juiced it up since Charlotte's back. I'll give yeah. you that, and it yeah. looks like uh, you know that Sonya Deville's back. There's going to be some of that. The, is, Na- is Naomi good. hurt? Did, did I miss that? I don't know. And then you know uh, Becky went away to have babies. Yeah, well, she should be back, actually, not too much longer, you would think. I would hope so. I would hope that there's going to be a baby. A baby? Well, there is. When she do? I thought about maybe they Maybe they already had it. I got to find Maybe they already had it. Yeah, I can't remember. Need, she needs to come back, though. Yeah. Becky Lynch, baby. Hope she shows off the baby pictures as much as the, the Bella trend. Yes. Uh, this happened. Um, the child's name is Rue. R-U-E-X. R-O-U-X. Like the thing that you make with just grease and flour. A roux. Oh, okay. This was December the 7th. So the kid's nearly a month old now. 
Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. She should be back then pretty soon. I would hope so. Let's get that out. In the next couple of months. I need you in here. Go ahead and stitch up that pussy and get back in the room. (laughs) How many stitches did you get that vagina? (laughs) Put an extra stitch in there for daddy. (laughs) I need you for the Royal Rumble, bitch. What do you need? You need one of those pumps to milk your titties. What are we going to do? Pump and dump? I think God. Linda still has hers. <laughs> God damn it. I'm going to hire Herman Hornswoggle back here. He's going to be your official. <laughs> Come over here. Pump those dicks. Pump them. Pump them. <laughs> she, she's going to pump them. She's going to blow. She's going <laughs> to. I saw somebody on a long time ago. I think it was Kathy Lee Gifford or somebody. She's on Letterman. She's talking about when her when when she's producing when she was producing milk, like her, her breast would get so hot, she would use these really large cabbage leaves and put them on her tits. You can imagine oh, it catering at WWE backstage. They can have some nice cold cabbage leaves for Becky to yeah. <laughs> get those cabbage leaves cold. God damn. I'm gonna be. I gotta. I gotta hire some intern. And when she's done, make me some slaw. Hey, wait a minute. We're gonna have a cabbage leaf match. It's gonna be so great. <laughs> Hang on. A cabbage leaf football match. <laughs> it's going to be a cabbage patch match. God damn it. I'm a brilliant promoter. <laughs> now that Pat's dead, I can have all the fun now. It's a cabbage patch match. God damn it. <laughs> a cabbage patch match. <laughs> and here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to set up a great angle. Baron Corbin's going to hold these cabbage leaves against her titties, and then Seth's going to break in. It's going to start a feud. God damn it. <laughs> We can pay this shit off at WrestleMania. People will pay for this shit. Oh, my God. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you get your, get your hands off my wife's tits. <laughs> we're going to have a pump and dump. Here's what we're going to do. It's going to be a pump and dump match. And we're getting Kurt Angle up there. And he's going to spray titty milk all over the ring. Now, stay with me. Let's get Kurt Angle, line two. <laughs> it's going to be the best thing ever. You're going to love this shit. And then we're going to have a character, and he's like obsessed with titty milk. It's going to be good. Hang on. Let me think of a, a good name for it to be Johnny Breast. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> Johnny Breast. Did you ever see the movie um, Everything You Were Always Afraid to, uh, About? Everything You Always Want to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask? The Woody Allen? No, I, I never saw that. There's, in this movie, he's got this giant titty that's squirting milk throughout the countryside. I'm thinking, can we get our hands on that? We got to get our hands on that for the paper here. God damn. It'll be so good. We'll be chasing down Baron Corbin and his stooges, and they'll just be slipping on the titty milk. And God damn. You can probably find it in a dumpster out there with the Merv Griffin set somewhere. <laughs> you know, some of your starts of yesterday were not as hygienic as the ones from today. <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not. I have no idea. <laughs> who do you uh, who do you think the female MVP of 2020 was? Mm. The female wrestler. Oh, now see, that's a little harder. I might um, go Rhea Ripley on that one. I think Rhea Ripley had a really good year, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you're right, and I think I'm just kind of uh, blinded a little bit by how she's she's kind of faded. Just a t- and not, I'm not saying she's back in the you know in the basement or anything, exactly. but, but but she's not she, you know upper 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 tier, and she's like eh, right below it now. And I think 
that, but I, I, that shouldn't sway what you're saying. I, I think you're right. Hey, to be honest, though, Britt Baker well, had a Britt Baker DMD had a pretty good year. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you can say that. You can say about Oscar too. Oscar was Oscar you know, had a good year, old, absolutely. She, you know, championship and um, the whole Kyrie scene, same thing, and now she's tag team champ and. I think uh, I think Dana and Mandy had a pretty good year overall, considering all the shit that was thrown on them and stuff. I thought they had a pretty decent they year. Were, yeah, they were hot for three, four months. I mean, they, you know, they were absolutely. So yeah, I, I think all of that. I, I would. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think Britt Baker had a good year despite the fact Britt she was Baker? injured for most. But once she was able to use her mouth to get over, you know that that cruise ship thing was like the real turning point for her. And from then on, she did very, very well. I, I thought think she so. was really good. I mean, and considering. Where she was in 2019, she really improved her lot a lot in 2020, I thought. Yeah, big time. Well, Hikaru Shida, I mean, she's held on to the – I know you're not a, a huge fan. but I'm starting to come around on her, actually. Toward the end, I started to see the point. So, yeah, I think she had a pretty good year overall. Oh, and by the way, how about that tag team of Anna Jay and Ty Conti? That is – that's ugh. hot as balls. I mean, my, that's money. They're, they just can't go wrong with that shit right and there. That's just that's – just, Perfection. I'm sorry. Them together, that, they are really they have they have a natural chemistry together. That, well, I think they're buddies off offset, right? Right. So that I think that helps. It's it's time. good. I think that they they do really well together. And I'm, I'm trying to think who else I would put on there. No, I, I think that that that's a pretty good summation. I think we're at a real crossroads for the women's division at WWE. I don't, I don't know if they have a lot of guidance right now. And it does seem like it is a good time for a Rhea Ripley or a Sonya Deville to kind of grab the reins, but I don't know if that's going to happen since Charlotte's back there. And Charlotte clearly is, I think you, you can make the argument that Charlotte is the best female wrestler they've ever had in that company. Uh, yeah. I think I'm overall, you, you can talk about whoever you want to. You can talk about, um, you know, Lita, or you can talk about any any number of people back from the Attitude Chris Era. Stratus. Chris Stratus is certainly on the list. Or you can talk about Stacy, or you can talk about Molly Holly, or any any number of those those women that drew money. Uh, Sable would be, you know, a controversial pick, but certainly she drew money. She, and she, she was drew very money. popular. But I, I I think in terms of overall. Obviously, in-ring ability, promo ability, look, um, charisma, all that stuff. I think you make you can make the argument that Charlotte Flair is the best woman who's ever worked in that company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, you can definitely make an argument. No, no doubt. To, to me, that's one of those things where when her contract comes up, you just you have to sign her. I mean, that yeah. just has to happen because if she yeah. if she sneaks over to AEW, she could she could be like a Chris Jericho for the women's division in AEW if she ever signed with that company, I think. Well, is she do you know, is she kind of a leader type person in the locker room or or, or not? Or I don't do I'm you not know? really. To me, I've always heard it seems like Natty is kind of like the leader in that locker room and the one who has the respect in the ear of all the girls. Okay, that that's makes sense. I, and she's the one that's nicer to them, helps break them in, and gives them advice and stuff like that. That that's what I hear and what I've studied over a period of time. Yeah, I don't know how Charlotte fits into that because there's a lot of professional jealousy and all that stuff. And obviously, you know, she's a second generation, yada yada. You know, all, all of those things. But yeah, I, from what I hear, Natty is the one. Um, but yeah, that's if AEW signs Charlotte Flair, she is a tentpole 
on that. She is almost the equivalent of Chris Jericho in terms of star power and all that stuff um, for that division, you know, because you would have Chris Jericho over here, which a lot of even casual wrestling fans know about. And then Charlotte Flair, who even a lot of casual wrestling fans have heard about. And certainly they know about her dad and stuff and know about the second generation story. And I'm not saying that that would ever happen. I'm just saying that if, if and when that contract comes up, Vince just simply has to find a way to pay her what she wants because letting her go could be, you know, that, that would be kind of a big deal for all elite wrestling. Oh, I think it'd be detrimental. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. For, for on lots of ways. You can't think of like one talent in particular. Like if they, if AEW signed this guy, then that means the WWE would lose X number of viewers or whatever. I can't think of anybody like that. Obviously you would think of Roman Reigns who is supposedly be their big star right now. Um, if Roman Reigns left and went over there, it would create a big splash, I think, with, among wrestling fans. But I don't know if it would draw eyes that wouldn't normally be on AEW anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I can't think of anybody in that company right now that's like a game changing. And I'm not talking about like apparently Undertaker has you know wrestled his final match and all that shit. Yeah. I'm not talking about like a legend or, you know, if they signed Stone Cold Steve Austin and just had him as an authority figure or some shit like that. And, and thank God they, you know, Steve Austin has has managed to kind of push those kind of um, overtures aside. He never did anything with impact, never tarnished his reputation or anything like that. So in terms of a game-changing talent who could be signed away from the WWE to AEW, I, I don't see it right now per se. I don't either. And you would like for them to kind of develop their own homegrown talent, even though MJF obviously had a start in MLW and some other promotions and stuff like that. He's seen as like their guy. Yeah. He was most people. The first time they saw MJF, it was, it was on all the wrestling's dynamite TV show. Um, And they, you know, even with the, I heard, I heard them saying, I heard Ricky, them saying some great things. Um, JR and Tony saying some great things about Ricky Starks last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To a lot of people, even though he started on NWA, he's going to be seen as an AEW homegrown talent. So I don't have a huge problem with that. And I'm glad that he's getting that kind of rub right now because Ricky Starks is fucking amazing. Yes, he is. He I'm is. Telling you, we saw that from the get-go. He is, he is the shit. And the other, the other guy that we saw from the amazing from the, from the get-go, if you motherfuckers would sign Bad Dude Tito, my God. Yes, my God. please. Oh, my God. What are these people missing? I mean, I don't get it. What happened to Jeff Cobb? Why? Why (laughs) he was on there for like five seconds and he's gone? Gone? Can you do Jeff Cobb and Bad Dude Tito as a tag team? Holy shit! Take my money. Here's my credit card. Here's the number. I I, I would trade everything but the fork. Abdullah the Butcher sold me. Absolutely. That match. Oh, you know, my my dream tag team was always Jacob Fatu and, and Jeff Cobb. God, so oh, those two guys together. Don't you think it's a matter of time before he's over there too? Oh my God, Fatu. Jacob Fatu and and Jeff Cobb. That would be like the USO brothers times ten. That would be like the, the USOs to the next level. And I'm and I, as you know, I'm I'm a huge mark for the USOs. I love them forever yes. and ever and ever and ever and ever. I love that tag team. But my God, down since day one ish, you have big guys like the Usos, but then you make them even bigger and they can do crazy shit like Jacob Fatu and Jeff Cobb. Oh my God. I would watch those guys. And that, here, here, here's another one. Uh-huh. This, this is your dream tag team and your dream matchup. 
Jacob Fatu and Jeff Cobb versus FTR. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine how those guys, those guys would <laughs> those dudes would fly all over that ring for Fatu and Jeff Cobb? Oh my God. They that would, would just, oh. just I can't imagine. I just it would be imagine. unreal if Tully get involved in all this shit. It would yeah. be unbelievable. Well, I, and I'll tell you somebody else from MLW. I wish they could get over there. It would be the Von Erichs oh, yeah. and have and have them against like the Bucks. Oh my God! Oh, see, mm. there's there's a I there's think it's a, a matter of time look, though. There's a lot to look forward to in 2021. I think as far as AEW goes, and that's the promotion I'm much more excited about because you know WWE comes out of 2020 with like no momentum whatsoever, having some of the lowest ratings they've ever had. There's very little that's working creatively in WWE. They do, like I said, they have Charlotte back. The Roman Reigns storyline is working really well, but there's not really even a mid card right now in WWE, right? I mean, it just it's it's non-existent. It just it, it's almost like it's, they're just kind of all over the place. I can give you seven opening matches, but I can't give you a mid card match in WWE right now. Yeah, it's either yeah, yeah you're right. It's either top tier or bottom tier, basically. It's like America; the middle class is disappearing. <laughs> that that's the deal <laughs> with those guys right now. But I I I'm trying to think of of what a wish list for me for AW in 2021 would be, and I can't. I mean, I I know the pay per views are going to continue as they continue. I still think they're a year or two away from having their own network subscription service like WWE. They just don't have enough content unless yeah. they partner with New Japan or partner with ROH and partner with MLW to get to share some content or whatever. They're not ready for all of that, and that's fine. Um, so the pay-per-view model is still working for those guys. I definitely I would like to see Kenny Omega and John Moxley in a match where they don't bleed all over hell and half of Georgia. It'd be kind of yeah, nice. Yeah, forget that. That'll never happen. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Um, you know, I could see the I could see FTR and Young Bucks wrestle each other a hundred thousand times, and it would be perfectly fine. They they put on a great match every single time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have any issue with that. I do want to continue. Do you want to see Y two J? Well, I say Y two J. I don't know why I said that, but uh, Jericho and, and and MJF. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I think want, that's that's on a collision course anyway. But I want, I mean, with real heat, other than you know, just like a dinner on the line or whatever the shit. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see the comedy go away from that, and I want to see those guys hate each other, and I want to exactly. see that. There you go. I want to see MJF spitting fire and just cussing the shit out of him, and, and I, yeah, that, that's what that's that's definitely something that I want to see for sure. Um, but I think you know, I think that promotion's doing really well, and I don't. In terms of WWE, I don't even know where to go to turn that one around. We had this discussion about, you know, Vince used to fight with certain people within the company and he would get their opinion. And sometimes like even he would fight with Pat Patterson and Pat was not a guy who had the kind of personality that Vince did to kind of come back at him and, and fight for a long time, but he would somehow offer competing opinions, but fight, Vince doesn't fight with anybody anymore. He just fights with his audience. Yeah. yeah. He's good at that. If you're, if you're a wall street guy, you're looking at 2021 and wall street had a record year, despite the fact that there's massive pain in America, large amounts of unemployment and frankly, a recession going on that nobody wants to talk about that much. So it's almost like there's a disconnect, Brian, between what happens on Wall Street and what happens on Main Street. I don't know. Really? Really? Crazy. I, I never I'm, thought about that. Yeah, I'm super happy for AT&T and ExxonMobil. I'm so glad your shares are going through the roof. And, yes, I am invested in the stock market like a lot of people are for their retirement, and I benefit from it in, in many ways. But I also understand that ain't the economy. 
So if you're an asshole who allegedly runs the country and goes, oh, look at the great thing we did on Wall Street this year, you're welcome, then you're a dick and you have no idea of what the economy truly is. But if you, you don't have from the economic side of that company in the WWE a good story to tell Wall Street. You just don't. Now, that doesn't make you very different from a lot of companies that are reporting to Wall Street. Remember, Wall Street, it's a leading indicator. It's not what's happening now. It's what's happening down the road. And that's why WWE stock went through the roof when, oh, these deals are coming up. And then now, not so much because there's not a lot of revenue coming in. There's not a lot what of revenue coming in. they call that tanking? In. Tanking. <laughs> Tony Khan, this close to getting Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Although, bad news for the Jaguars because Trevor may have some unfinished business. They might want to come back to Clemson for that last year. You think that'll happen? You I really think, think that'll happen? I think it's 50-50. I got to be honest with you. I think the kid the kid might decide he wants to come back. Uh, I, think that, I, think that Ohio, I think that Ohio State thing left a bad taste in his mouth. Maybe. I really do. Maybe. I mean, well, I, I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't advise it. I'm, if he, if I'm him, I'm like, pay me. <laughs> it's it's pay window time, son. All right. Well, I, I don't know. Tyler Hansberg is like the only person I can think of that's even close to his close to Trev's status as far as athlete that actually spent four years in school. Yeah. So I don't I, know anybody else. That would that would be in other words that would be such a rarity if he did that. But you, just, you, you know, if he does, that'd be great. The Jacksonville Jaguars go through another season of tanking to try to get it. Because <laughs> I, I think the Jets are might the, the Jets might actually win like six or seven games next year. <laughs> yeah. If they, if they fire that stupid head coach of theirs and get somebody worth a the shit, they could actually yeah. be out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes pretty quickly. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I that's bad news for the Khan family. But, yeah, I, I in terms of WWE, there's just like there's not a lot of revenue coming in from the network. Merch sales are stagnant at best. There's no money coming in from house shows. Um, you still got the revenue on the TV contracts. By the way, don't know if you noticed. I don't think those networks are going to be really jazzed about writing a huge check the next time that comes up. Right? When that deal's uh, up. Mm, so A lot of questions. A lot of questions to be answered. All of you agents at CAA, get to work. Because you're going to have a hell of a time getting 21st to stroke another big fucking check like you did last time. What is that? Do you know? What's it? I'm not sure. I think it was a four-year deal, wasn't it? Worth a billion dollars. four year? Okay. Like so they're what? Like two more years? Yeah, a couple year more years. Like that. Hey, trust me. Wall Street, the clock is always ticking. It's what have you done for me lately. <laughs> that's, what, that's what freaking Wall Street is all about. And if they start yep. smelling it, yeah, okay, we're not going to get a billion dollars this time. We're only going to get eight hundred million. Now, eight hundred million is a lot of money, but to Wall Street, that's like pff, abject failure. You lost twenty percent off your last deal. You suck. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, uh, and that's where those people who talk about the demographics of AEW always win because yes, that eighteen to forty nine demographic is huge. It is a big deal. Yeah. Well. I, WWE's got so much work to do for to get back what they had on on that on on that uh, portion of the viewing audience. It's, isn't the, isn't the plan for Vince just to try to get things back to normal, get a vaccine in everybody's body, and try to get some of that blood money back from the Saudi government? Even though he he had a shit fit back there in 2019 and had his people held prisoner for a few hours, isn't that the Vince McMahon plan for getting you know, his his company back into some solvent financial territory? You know. I'm glad you brought that up because I don't want this to go away. I don't want this whole Saudi Arabia thing 
to be swept under the rug like all this other shit has over the years. I want that to stay. I want the I want the embers to be just burning, burning, just 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 humming right along on this thing. And then when the time comes, throw some gas on that motherfucker because. <laughs> I mean, I know now is not the time because we've got too much other shit going on right now to deal with. But at some point, man, and I know, I know there's there's a shelf life kind of thing on this because after a while, people don't want to talk about it. People don't give a shit about. It. I'm talking when I say people, I'm talking about people that were involved in it. They don't give a shit about it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to give up any more info on it. And it's just and it will just go away. But I just think we we need to keep it. You know, keep the embers, like I said, lit a little bit on this thing. Don't let the whole thing go completely out because it'll just happen again. And we'll we'll, we'll go through the same shit again the next time they go over there. And, and I, I don't know. It's just it just bothers me because I you may not believe me, but I, I think about I still once in a while, just randomly, something will happen watching wrestling or I don't know any something will trigger me to think about that whole Saudi Arabia thing again. And and it just burns my ass up. That, that's gotta just, be that's gotta be his plan for getting this company into because that that's some easy money that's there. And I don't know if he's fucked up that revenue stream or not. And I don't know, again, if you're gonna ask people with families to go back over there and possibly be imprisoned based on him throwing another temper temper tantrum because they he hasn't gotten the money that he wants. Uh, so try to try to tell that to somebody at Morgan Stanley or Wells Fargo or one of these analysts. <laughs> yeah. This is our business plan. Um, these people that murder people for a living and like they subjugate women and stuff, we're going to try to get them to write, give us a shit ton of money. That's our business plan, which literally that's that is that's all they got. That's it. Uh, that's it. Any other closing thoughts for the first edition of the 2021 uh, season on Katie Vick is Alive Alive? Oh, wow. This is a milestone episode. It is. It really, uh, truly is. It's a very special Katie I'm not Vick mistaken. Alive, alive. We're going to be entering our seventh or eighth year because we started in 2014. It's, uh, it's, it's been a long time. We certainly do appreciate all the support. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any, any closing thoughts that you might have? No, nah, man. Um, this is the year we make Bad Dude Tito a star. Yes, yes. We'll Bad Dude Tito. I know you're watching. I know you're listening. Tony Khan, pull we're out your checkbook, up, my man. Oh, Tony Khan, pull out your checkbook. Triple H, Canyon Seaman, I don't give a shit. Pull out your checkbook. You need to get this motherfucker signed because he's going to be huge. He'll, this will be, here's you, the match. You, this, is, this is the match. This is the future superstar Hall of Fame match. Mm-hmm. Bad okay. Dude Tito versus Ricky Starks. Bad Dude Tito against Ricky Starks right there. Oh, my God. And, and, and you know, remember Peter Avalon who they've got and pretty much destroyed since they, that, that's the one thing about AEW I'm, I'm, I'm not real happy about because Peter Avalon was so good in, um, in, in, in championship wrestling from Hollywood yeah. where Tito was, you know? Right. And if they can get Peter Avalon at AEW, they can get big, good, big bad Tito. Come on. You guys got to sign this guy. It's going to be huge. But Brian, yeah. Brian can be followed on social media at Brian Sports on Twitter and on Instagram. I can be followed on Twitter at Brett Whitmire. The show can be followed on Twitter at Katie Vick Alive. And I am also on uh, Instagram. It's beat up for reals. BDB number four, R E E L Z. Happy New Year to all of you. And until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.